parents are like chill and stuff like it's just kind of like dang like you like don't want to re- disrespect them because you know it's like you understand it's their house and shit but you're like yo I'm kind of like yeah. <laughs> you get throw the headphones on bro okay Yeah. So we could go over the fu- like go in order because I really don't fucking have no clue. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think. Uh, I'm trying to think who went first. It was the Gutierrez against Morales. Oh my god. The battle of the leg kicks. That shit oh, no, was fucked up right there. All right, let's let's get this going. What the fuck is up, everyone? This is Gio. This is another episode of the podcast. If you could do me a favor and follow on Instagram at What a Trip Podcast, and also go on Spotify or Apple, whatever the fuck you use to stream your podcast, go on there, give your boy a follow, leave a review, show some love. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed the trip. Thank you for listening. up everyone we're back with another episode of what a trip today i got the boy richard on thank you for being on today sir what's going on guys fucking we're here to talk a little bit about the ufc card that happened yesterday and also bro so you said you're oh can you can you tell me your uh major again (laughs) (laughs) chemical engineering chemical engineering so so exactly what do you do though like because i still want to know what exactly is like that you'd go to like to do at school, what'd you do at school? Like, what they teach you and shit, dude. If I if if I really try to think about what I did, I wouldn't even be able to remember. <laughs> like, chemical engineering is like a really fancy way of saying like how you make everything, like the actual synthesis and the processes that go into um, making whatever you're gonna make, whether it's like different chemicals at a plant or like the way that gasoline and stuff is like refined. So really, you just study like the chemistry and the actual processes that make. The things that we see like in our everyday lives so within that is there like different factions that you could go to so like you could be like a like you learn about the products or the the chemicals that go into making this product or you can go into like this field of learning how to make this other product or like what like do people go into different fields is what i'm saying with the same yeah major? yeah for sure i think like especially with like chemical engineering um a lot of people end up going into like energy whether that's like refineries and like controlling the way that or not controlling, but like you learn about like how to make gasoline, the different variables that impact those processes of like making different products and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you could also go into like sustainable energy, like uh, how to like improve the or like coming up with green processes and the ways to like like clean up like air. And yeah, there's a lot of things that you could really go into. So so what are you trying to do, bro? Trying to make some bombs or something? I'm just kidding. You could, all you. Yeah, you really could. Um, but no, like when I was in college, you know, I was like, I, I chose chemical engineering. Like every, I think the ninety percent of people do is like, oh, you Google like what's the highest paid major? Yeah. And you're like, oh, chemical engineering. You could like be a petroleum engineer, and obviously anything with like petroleum, you make like a gang of money. So, um, yeah. So I chose chemical engineering, and like. Even like a year into it, I was like, man, this is not my thing. This is like yeah. super, super boring. And like even my, my brother, too, he's a engineer for a company called Praxair. It's like down the street. Yeah. And he cleans up like industrial glass, uh. industrial gas, excuse me. Um, and like his job is not fun. <laughs> so he's like, fuck this. Did he um, what what did he learn to become like what he does now? He's a chemical engineer, too. Ah. Yeah. So we did the same thing. Um, so for me, like halfway through like the halfway through like my major and stuff like i kind of realized that i that was something i didn't want to do so i like took the time to like learn different skills because i was like you know what like maybe i could maybe i'm i won't be a chemical engineer so i could learn like how to program and stuff like that so i taught uh-huh. myself how to use like python and like i just taught myself how, like programming skills and how to like decode different things and so um i actually got a job in software up in the bay area that's fucking dope bro yeah, so I was like, so I basically completely got out of like chemical engineering, yeah. and I went into like the tech stuff, and I did that for a year, and e- even that was like, it was fine to me. It was just like whatever, you know. It was like anything where it's like it's a job, it's cool, it pays the yeah. bills, you know. Like I was getting compensated nicely for it, so it was it was it was just fine. But then like I got bored of that, and I was like, you know, it sounds pretty cool. Like if I go into like sales, so yeah. Um, from there, um, I got 
my job where I work now, where I'm a sales engineer. So I basically I'm responsible for maintaining all the engineered products and services in Southern California for a company called Warehouser. Wow, fucking <laughs> bro! Wow, that's great. That was that was. Thank you, honestly. Um, so fucking when you were starting to like do software engineer, like what made you? It's crazy how certain doors open up doors for like the next thing that you want to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, like what kind of led you to be like, well, fuck it, I'll try this. Like, did you just have an interest in computers, or like was there anything specific about like? Did you create like websites and stuff, or was it just like programming for certain like? Because I know you could do programming for like a technology right like like yeah. robots and shit like that there's certain programming yeah. that goes into that i what, mean what kind of is it yeah exactly so like especially with like software D- dumb it down a little bit bro dumb it down. <laughs> slow down a little bit for me i'm just kidding i'm just kidding so especially like with software engineering you know there's like a like really everything has like some application it really has an application in everything whether it's yeah. like building a database for uh, a bank or coming up with like the software that computers run on really like you can do anything for it you know like the the cloud stuff that's on your phone, like Apple stuff, like everything, like really that the applications are endless, but like all that stuff, like that thing's way too far for me, you know, like, especially cause I was just learning how to like write algorithms and like program and like learning. I was just learning that stuff on my own. So there was like only so much that I could teach myself. Um, so like it kind of started off where like I got really into like, like stock trading and day trading mm. and um, like, it was like my my thought process was like okay like or like do do you know a little bit about like uh like stocks and stuff like that the way they work so honestly i'm not even too familiar with stocks like i've only ever learned like certain little things about stocks like how you can get a penny stock and that's just like a small portion of the company Mm -hmm. but i don't know too much of like where you can go to well i know you can go to certain apps and invest for example but i don't know like what's a great process to invest or like how it goes so if you could give a little breakdown yeah so i mean like it's it's like anything right where uh, a company is like given a particular value and that's like their stock price Mm -hmm. and depending on how that company is doing good or bad that stock price is going to move um either up or down yeah so let's say that you have like this company a and they they're priced at like ten dollars and all of a sudden like momentum starts picking up they start doing a lot well their price is going to go up from like ten dollars to $20, $20, for example, or mm-hmm. vice versa. If they don't do that well, it's going to go down to like $5. So like the, really like when I was like looking at, it, I was like just trying to find like different ways that were like, like to make money. And my, my thought process was like, well, let's take like a statistical approach to this where really the price of something is like essentially like a graph, right? So it moves up or down. And really, if we do like a really in-depth statistical analysis and add some like AI and machine learning to to try to predict where those things are going to go, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like really volatile stocks. Like maybe we can make some money if like if my algorithm tells me like, hey, today it's this price and tomorrow it's this price. Um, if I buy a lot here and then I am able to like flip it for a little bit of a profit uh, a day later, just based on like a statistical analysis of what's going on, um, then I'll make some change. So really, it was like kind of that that got me into it and just like doing i also like part of fucking trip <laughs> so fucking so like in a way you could use ai to kind of help you get a like a view of how the stocks will change uh, off I mean, stats in a way yeah so exactly so i mean definitely like there's a lot of external v- things that go Variables into like, and shit yeah example like let's say that like the walmart stock let's say that donald trump goes out and says like hey don't buy walmart they're gonna crash like that stock is going to go down because of like an external society thing that's happening. Mm. So there's like so many things to consider. So that's why I was just like, if I just day trade, meaning I make small trans or transactions from one day to another day. And I go based strictly on like the revenue streams and like statistical analysis of how the stock's doing, then like maybe I can make just a little bit of money. And if I'm in and out fast and I'm not going to have to worry as much about these like external things yeah did you have much like much success with it or yeah yeah so when i like first started i mean it's like a lot before i even did anything with it i studied the market for a year and um that takes a lot of patience bro for sure for a a year like that's how i know you're a smart motherfucker because a lot of people bro i'd be looking into this shit all right what the fuck I got to do YouTube big money moves I could make, right? <laughs> no, <just> yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's how I was, but I was like, you know, like, I'm not going to put my money and waste my money in something yeah. that, like, I just came up based off, like, this random <laughs> dude that told me on YouTube, you know? Yeah. So I was like, let's study it. I came up with, like, a few different algorithms um, just so I can figure out which one of the algorithm worked, you know? Like, especially with AI, you, there, 
essentially self-adjusting based off what you put into it. So whatever data that you feed uh, like a machine learning process, they're going to give you like a, a certain output. And based off those things, you adjust the algorithm, make changes and you just make it better. So then it makes better decisions. So, I mean, for like a year, I was basically learning the market, adjusting my own algorithm um, and yeah, just like trying to make it better and better. And then after a year, um, I was like, all right, let's go in. I wasn't going in with heavy money either. Yeah. I'm not like, I, I mean, I guess depending, you know, like for, I was in there for like a few thousand dollars. Uh, how much would you like initially invest like um, into certain stocks or like, would you just pick and choose what you'd invest a lot more money into? Yeah. Like what's the biggest and smallest you entered in and then later on what you got to? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it was basically like because I put so much time and energy into like my algorithm, my algorithm told me anything, everything I did. So if it was like, hey, this like I, I'm like my algorithm's not talking to me or anything. But uh, yeah, that's was, <laughs> fucking dope. No, bro, do this shit. Go. Yeah. If it was like saying like, hey, you want to go like this is a risky investment like it would tell me like this is a risky investment you want to go in here and come out like possibly at this time so then based off that i would be like all right um i would look at the the thing myself and like make the decision of like okay here i'm gonna go a hundred dollars or sometimes like i would go i mean the smallest i usually trade is like a hundred to five hundred bucks and the biggest is like no more than five thousand that's just like my rule of thumb just because i'm not trying to lose that much money that's a fucking lot of money right there (laughs) yeah um and like yeah so i was like i was really successful to when when i started and stuff um like five hundred dollars like slowly became a thousand dollars and like overall like i think in the matter of like half a year i was able to make like probably like five thousand of just like net profit you know oh shit and it wasn't something that i was doing every single day um and it, it was, although it wasn't something I was doing it every single day, I was improving like my algorithm every single day. So it was taking like a shit ton of my time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are like some of the most difficult parts of like working with AI itself? Like, because I mean, just creating anything that's like artificial intelligence kind of seems like a, a little out of my world, you know? So it seems like so out of bounds that like I wouldn't even know where to start. So like for someone like me, like how would you tell me like how to start? You know what I mean? Like what do you look into or like? What were certain like like platforms you used? You know what I mean? Yeah. So especially like with with like a like coming up with like your own AI is like extremely difficult. Like mm-hmm. people have already done it, and that's like the nice part. You can use like places like GitHub that have like like AI like it's like it's really still just like a script that has like some code on it. Okay. So basically, what what I did is I like I found a few scripts that I thought like hey maybe this one would like work well, and um, you just kind of like make changes it's like in a sense it's like reading a book where you you're copying the book and you're trying to get the same message that the book is trying to do but you're switching different things depending on like the message you're trying to get and that's exactly what like programming is where you have like this command that's saying like hey get this value do this to this value and i'll put this value okay um so yeah i grabbed like a bunch of scripts that were already written because i'm definitely not that smart i'm telling you like i'm I'm really not that smart (laughs) (laughs) so i just found some like stuff on like github which is like a like just a place where like people go and they put their codes on there and they share like different codes you know you could find like really anything on there um and then um i got like my algorithms and i kind of like you have to learn everything you know it's like it's like reading a book like i said like there's words in there where you have no idea what you're doing but that's what's that's what's good about google yeah like google like what this command does or like what this thing calls for um and then yeah then you just kind of like start reading it and it starts making a lot more sense. And like I said, it's a time consuming process. And um, yeah, like I was, I, I forgot your initial question, but like, yeah, that's a little bit about how like AI breaks down. Um, no, that's what, that was kind of like how it's like where you would go to start off, like looking into it. Honestly, like one of the craziest things I first heard about artificial intelligence was, um, you know, that game war, I think it's called war. Or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. I, I think, I, I think I know the, the example you're, you're talking about. They had like this game that I guess like the number one person in the world, like played it and like, he like pretty much beat everybody. And then they put him against an artificial intelligence and it beat him like super fucking fast. <laughs> and then they made another AI with the information, like, like different uh, rule set, I guess. I think they only gave him like the rules and they didn't like give them, for example, like the first one had a bunch of like, I guess programming in it like that was from old games, you know, so mm-hmm. like you remember the moves and shit like that. And then the new one, they just gave it the rules to see if it beat the like game overall. And I guess it ended up playing against each other and like the newer version won again, you know, so like mm-hmm. every new version, like would you go back 
into your programming and then like have to restart from the beginning or was it just like going back in and then touching certain exact like tur- like editing certain parts of it yeah so really it's as good as like especially like with ai it's it really depends on like the information you feed into it like based off like your your like war the war example is you gave it like you let it watch per se like mm-hmm. these like matches and it learned that oh this person did this and then like ai has like an infinite ability to process every single potential move that you can do mm. so it does like these million calculations instantaneously in their head basically saying like okay if he goes left or he goes right then i'm gonna do this and if he does this then i do this and blah 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 and like yeah. this like this like chain continues so it knows what move that you're gonna do 50 moves in advance yeah. and it has a plan for whatever move you're potentially gonna do and that's the whole process of like learning it like learns every single way that this game can end Uh, okay okay so same thing for like for for like stock trading obviously that's a lot more different because you have like a lot of external things like i said that impact the market and it's really difficult for the ai to like analyze like a culture like a societal effect and stuff like that um so really that's why i took like a a pure statistical point of view and it's like, like hey maybe on mondays like stocks just open up a little bit higher and maybe that's just something that has happened every other monday yeah. for the past 10 years yeah but a person's not going to be able to catch that trend or relationship because yeah. we're not like smart enough to even look back or even think of that but a machine that's just thinking about every possible outcome will because yeah. they're running all those simulations at the same time that's fucking insane so like for the most part when you would like add new things to your ai or like um program it from the, the beginning like how long would it take for it to learn or was it kind of like instantaneous where like you feed it the information and then when you want the information back, it gives it to you right away. Or is it like take some like a couple hours to figure shit out? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's basically it, like a program or something can run like instantaneously like a calculator. So if you tell your calculator what's like what's two plus two, it tells you instantaneously that it's four. So when you're doing like hundreds of millions of calculations instantaneously, the, the thing that s- slows that process down is your computer because it needs like the like the processor and like the ram to be able to do all those things instantaneously so mm. really i was i was maybe using company um property to, <laughs> yeah. to, to do these things but, <laughs> to uh, speed things up kind speed of things up because yeah. my macbook pro is not, <laughs> not good at doing these things fast dude that's insane honestly that's fucking really cool information actually like for the 99% of the world that fucking doesn't know shit about AI. Like, I have a friend who trades stocks, but I'm sure he has no game plan like that game plan, you know? <laughs> so he's making money, but I don't know if he's making money like that. Yeah. Did you, um like, did you know anybody that was trading without, like, for example, the AI and, like, using it themselves? And, and like, were you seeing, like, a difference in your growth of, of, like, profit as opposed to theirs? Yeah, so, I mean, everybody trades differently. Everyone has, like, a specific game plan that they follow and... You can go online and you can look up like how to trade stocks and there's a million books that give you like a million different rules on how to do um the thing like that that i found in like through my experience is like you just have to see what works for you and it really depends on how much time you're willing to allocate it what you're willing to like learn about these different things um and um yeah like i had friends that that did the same thing but they did more so like like let's say that there's like a small company that is going to do well and in a year you think it's going to be valued more so it's like a long-term thing like if you just trade stocks like that it's like i wouldn't call it easy but it's like a little bit more guaranteed i was doing like cannabis stocks that was cannabis and energy stocks were like really the only thing i was doing because they're really volatile so Mm -hmm. one day they'll open up at one price and the other day they're opening at that price so there's a lot of potential to make money but there's also a ton of potential to lose money um and the reason that i kind of stopped trading is one because i got really lazy and it slowly became like really really stressful when i had five thousand dollars that was that were like in basically in the works and i could lose all that like or not maybe i'm not all that but i could lose a lot of it quickly like man i was pulling my hairs out sometimes yeah i'm I'm sure that shit made you be like fuck i don't know what to do you know yeah so um so yeah i got myself stuck in like a long-term trade and i lost a little bit of money and uh, i ended up i definitely ended up like net positive um, but after that, I was like, man, this is too stressful. This is not like, this is not my game. This is not yeah. what I'm trying to do. This is too hard. Um, but yeah, like some people are really successful at it. And like, maybe like the stress is too much for me, but for other people, you know, yeah. like, that's fine with them and like good for them. 
That's why people are like the Wolf of Wall Street and shit, like exactly. all that crazy shit just yeah. to deal with stocks, bro. Yeah. All right, so let's get into these fights. Let's kick it off with yesterday. It was Woodley versus Burns. Um, honestly, the prelims. It's actually fuck it. Let's start with the main card. The main card, main event: Woodley versus Gilbert Dorino Burns. Gilbert, someone that came up from 155. This dude's been on the like rampage lately. I think he has like a five six fight win streak. That was Ollie. If you guys don't know, that's Ollie in the background being a little shit. But, yeah, it's like a five or six fight win streak. Um, dude's been on a, a massacre lately. Uh, he's fought, like, a lot of people really quick succession. I seen him fight. I remember seeing him fight Gunnar Nelson and getting a fight, like, so fast after. I think it was the Damian Maia fight that he got after, right? Yeah, yeah. Some shit like that. And I was like, God damn. What do you think of the performance, bro? And what do you think of, like, what do you take from the event? You know, like, from the main main event? Yeah, so let, let me preface this by saying I'm, like, the biggest T. Woodley fan ever. Okay. <laughs> so, man, when I was watching that fight, especially when he got dropped in the first round, I was like, dang, man. Especially, like, I mean, coming off the, the Kamaru Usman fight, yeah. where he basically was, like, non-existent, no offense, and basically playing defense the entire time against, like, a really dangerous, like, Kamaru Usman. Um, I was just like, oh, please don't let that Woodley show up. And honestly, when the, when the fight started, I thought that both of the guys like started for all of forty five seconds, right? Yeah. They both started like pretty aggressively, and yeah. it looked like Woodley was actually like back to the the old Tyron Woodley. But mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I don't want to say Gr- Gilbert caught him because like you're kind of taken away from like Gilbert's improved striking. Yeah, but like Gilbert dropped him and he almost finished him, and I think that that took all the confidence away from Woodley, um, and. Like the rest of the round was him basically it was just him just trying to get up. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did a pretty good job of like, I mean, you're talking about like a really, really well-versed BJJ um, champion. And basically Burns was Gilbert Burns was able to do nothing, even though you had like a tired, uh, hurt Tyron Woodley on the floor and you were yeah. mounted. So I thought I thought it was pretty impressive that Woodley was able to get up. Um but the rest of the fight, it was like I was like texting my cousin. I was like, "Man, this is just it's super difficult to watch." Yeah. And again, same thing. Second round starts. I thought that Woodley, like he was like, "Okay," like he told his coaches, "Like, oh, I'm gonna reset. I'm gonna be good." Um, but then like Gilbert Burns gets like that nasty like double leg takedown. And again, it was just like, dude, like I, I after I after I he got that sec the 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 takedown, I was like, oh, "It's over." Like Woodley's just gonna like have no confidence, and basically the rest of the fight. He just looked like he just didn't want to be in there. Yeah. And, like, I don't mean that, like, in a disrespect to Woodley because that guy's my guy. But, like, it just looks like Woodley is, he's not the old Woodley anymore. You know what sucks is, bro, like, the fight overall, I I thought it was an amazing performance by Reno, like, Gilbert Burns. He fucking had a great performance. Like, his hands were looking outstanding. His takedowns were looking fucking sensational. And overall, his performance was just there. He had, like, this intensity from the beginning to the last bell, you know what I mean? From yeah. the fifth round, he just looked like he was locked in in the zone, you know? Like, he, he's a guy that's, like, probably running into his prime in the moment, you know, of being in MMA. And, like, the experience he's gotten lately with all these tough fights, and not even just tough fights, but better opponents every single time. And then he also has that good training background with, like, Kamaru and Vicente Luque in his corner and shit like that. I thought he did fucking great, bro. But you're right. Like, for, to see Woodley, like, go out there and, like, you want to... I, I had so much fucking faith in him, you know? Like, I had chosen him, you know? I was like, fuck it. I got faith that Woodley will come back, you know? Dorino hasn't faced anybody that's as tough as him. And I was like, uh, that that forward pressure might help Woodley, like, fall back and then get him on those counters, you know, with that big overhand right or something. Yeah. And he, I even seen him say afterwards that he's like... I'm not disappointed. I can like keep my head high after this loss because like I know that I went out there and I still gave it, you know, like I wasn't completely out of the fight like like with Usman, you know, like he was like, I felt like my I wasn't even in my body that day. He's like this one. I was there. He's like, I thought I reset. He's like, I thought I did a lot of things good, but Burns was just a better fighter. And like, you know, what I kind of feel like um, happened there in a way is like he's been so far away from the game in a way and like. Not like he's just been slacking, you know, and like in a way he's like getting like lower in the division and then like Dorino skills just coming up, up, up that like his little break or whatever, it kind of like left him a step behind, you know, and mm-hmm. being in the later ages of his career kind of fucked him up, you know, and like yeah. it, he still has to catch up if he wants to become a champion again, because like the last couple of years, bro, I feel like even with the champions that were back then to now, like it's a lot more. 
I, I feel like everybody still, of course, to have their matchups that will make them lose. But everybody's getting better. Every division, the champion's getting fucking better. That's so, like, sure. it's like you have to have more than just striking or more than just wrestling to fucking to be able to be a champ. But I don't know. That shit was insane, honestly. Overall, I was like, fuck. I, I don't know what's next for Woodley. And, I mean, for Burns, he has a lot of potential opponents next. Yeah, I think, like, especially, like, for Woodley, and, like, apart from, like, the fact that, like, he isn't, like, involved in so much stuff and, like, he hasn't been able to, like, work on his, like, skill set as much. Like, I think that's for sure true. But I also think that, like, because he's involved in so much, like, things and, like, he's, like, on TMZ and, like, he has, like, all these other things going on with, like, his rap career and stuff. Like, yeah. there is, like, so much pressure on him to, like, be the champion and to, like, have these great performances that you, like, like... He's, I, I just feel like he's being like, he's put so much, he, he puts so much pressure on himself. And when things just don't go right, like he just like is like disinflated and like he's a small version of himself. And yeah, yeah, like, I mean, like still like Gilbert Burns had like a magnificent performance, you know, yeah. like, I picked Woodley going into the fight too, because I, like personally, I felt like it was a perfect matchup for Woodley. Um, Gilbert Burns was like obviously really dangerous on the hands. Like I think he displayed that he's not just like. A BJJ guy, like his yeah. striking, especially in this fight, looked really, really good and like yeah, crisp. very crisp, huh? Yeah, so that's why I thought like Woodley's like super difficult to take down, and I mean there was a lot of times where like Gilbert Burns was like deep on like a shot, and like Woodley was just not going anywhere, and he wasn't going down. So I think he's still there, but like Gilbert Burns is like he's he's the next guy in the division, and I think he competes with like everybody else in those like top rankings with like your Colby Covington and. Yeah, um, with like your Usman, and he's gonna be a problem. Like, I, I don't think, I, I maybe I don't think he's gonna be a champion, but he's definitely gonna give guys like good fights. Like, looking forward, I was seeing people compare his performance against Woodley as opposed to Usman's performance against Woodley. Um, like over all the two, who do you think was most impressive? Um, like as far as their performance goes, in a way, I see why people say Doreno's performance is a little bit more impressive because of the fact that he did take him down. But for the most part, he stood with him and beat him on the feet, you know, like, yeah. and was just like, oh, wherever he wanted to take the fight, he kind of took it there and beat him. But then again, Usman's too, it was the overall domination the same way, yeah. you know, and like, it's kind of back and forth. Though. Like, I, I get where people are saying both sides, but what do you think personally? <laughs> like, whose performance did you like better against Woodley? I mean, the thing, the thing was that with, with like Burns, there was like, I mean, countable, like very, very few. But there was times where we were like, oh, like Woodley's getting like he's 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 going now. He's going yeah. now. You clip him once or two, you know, yeah, like you better watch out. Whereas like in the Usman fight, it was just like, man, can this just be over? Like, like yeah, Usman completely true. dominated him like and Burns did too. But like if, if Burns gets an A, Usman got an A plus because there yeah. was like I can see this fight coming back in like maybe woodley doing a little bit better mm-hmm. but against Usman, like now i can't see woodley even touching Usman. I, I i feel that honestly and to see i actually think gilbert's gonna pose a lot of big threats for people going forward like uh like a leon edwards i think he'll pose a big threat for him just as far as like his ground game goes he's really fucking good on the ground but leon edwards is like probably like the other dark horse of the division because i feel like he has a lot of good overall fucking skills it, when i look back at his fight against Usman. I always take a lot of, like, good from it, you know? I'm like, damn, he, he was able to stay on the feet later on in the rounds. He just kind of, like, he was able to stop some takedowns, too. Landed a couple good shots on Usman, but, dude, Usman's fucking durable. And, like, he has uh, such a great chin. And, like, as a champion so far, he's really fucking impressed me, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, bro, I for next up, I actually think that Doreno would give Covington a big problem. I think he'll give uh, Masvidal a big problem. And then I also think he'd give Usman a, a real struggle. You know, I think that'd be a great fight. Yeah, I think, like, the thing to worry about with, like, uh, Covington and with, like, Usman, and those guys, like, push the pace. And yeah. their their pace, like, their cardio is, like, insane. Mm-hmm. So Gilbert Burns, obviously, we, we, we saw him, like, go five rounds, like, relatively easily. But we're also talking about, like, Woodley not really making him work that much. So he was That's fighting right. at his own pace. He was, like, kicking and punching when he wanted to. When you have, True. like... Kobe and Usman who are like just hanging on you and just grueling on you like that's that's completely different yeah those guys they got tired of each other in their fifth round so I don't know if Burns is able to do that now maybe he is because he's coming up from like the the 155 so um he's like naturally not a big guy but he would look pretty thick when like like compared to Woodley who's like a 
a short, thick guy. Mm-hmm. Like Burns was looking pretty thick too. And I'm dude, like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I was like looking at him, like, "Fuck, bro, you're you're a lot bigger than I was expecting yeah. against Woodley." You know, <laughs> his I, back was huge. Yeah, even in the weigh-ins, I was like, oh, "Dude, he had an inch on Woodley just in size, and like it kind of looked like he was just a lot bigger too, like his form, you know." And maybe it's because he's been cutting weight less than Woodley has, you know, for like mm-hmm. a shorter period of time. So maybe he can like get away with cutting more or just staying bigger at the time or something. But like, I was actually really, I was surprised for the first part, like about how much bigger he was. And then like, bro, he used everything great. Honestly, I, all I can say is that was a sensational performance by, by Gilbert. Yeah. And yeah. So like Gilbert looking forward, like you said, he has like some good matchups. Um, mm-hmm. Like the Walter Reed division is kind of tied up right now. Yeah, um, honestly, with uh, Miles Vidal, I think he's probably gonna fight Diaz. I've heard a lot of stuff about that, honestly. And then, um, I don't know, like, how, how do you feel? Like, I don't, personally, like, I like both of those guys, yeah, but man, I don't want to watch that fight again. Like, that was Miles Vidal baptized them. I feel the same way, bro. Honestly, <laughs> as far as like him doing it as a money move, I understand that because yeah. it's, of course, it's a bigger fight than even the Usman fight, but. As far as like it being a competitive fight or like, you know, like going one way, I thought that was like for sure one way traffic. And I don't think there's like much reason to do a second fight. You know, if anything, I thought he should have fought maybe like a McGregor, or like fuck it, just give him the title shot because everybody was calling for the title shot after he beat fucking Askren. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it just maybe be like, ah, well, fuck <laughs> it. But it's just so this, I don't even know what to make of a UFC sometimes because the people that give title shots to is kind of surprising. Like, for example, Bantamweight. We got Peter Yan and Jose Aldo probably getting a title shot, you know, and Jose Aldo coming off a loss. So like Dominic Cruz just got a title shot, you know, like, you know, you never even know what this shit no more, honestly. Usman calling out McGregor and like, yeah. man, who wants to see that fight right now? Like in time, you got to like prove yourself. You got to make sure that like you're as good as the that division is and like the welterweights yeah. are stacked. So all those guys are waiting for title shots. So you got to make sure that you earn your spot if you're going to get a title shot. Who do you think deserves it next? Yeah, so I, I think, like, Masvidal has, like, done enough. And, like, that's the... If, if you're, like, the UFC, you almost think that, like, that's the, the easiest fight to make. But, yeah, obviously, it sounds like those guys are, like, having contract issues and stuff. So, I think, like, Masvidal is either going to fight Usman next, hopefully. Um, if not Diaz or McGregor. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to see the McGregor fight right now just because I don't want the division to be held up. Um, but Usman, I think he either fights, like... Um, I think they might give, like they might give him burns just because he's like he's really really active and so like the UFC really appreciates that. So if they want to punish maybe Usman a little bit for like asking for so much money, yeah. they're just gonna be like, all right, well you got Gilbert Burns. And you know what's interesting too? I actually, seen um, Leon Edwards tweet out today that like he's like ESPN at UFC, like I'm ready, like sign me up. Like the airport's over here in England just opened up, so. Yeah, like, I mean, send that, me over. You know? That's fine too. Like, I'd rather see uh, Leon Edwards against Usman before yeah. I see like uh, Burns because Leon's been waiting for a while now. So, dude, forever now, and, and he's he the last it. person that like lost. It, well, his last loss was to Usman, and he's gone on a really impressive streak ever since then. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next fight. Um, not even the next fight. Let's move after this because Blagoy Ivanov versus Sakai was fucking boring. Man, that fight was. It was like. <laughs> Like I was, I was, I thought they did a really good job to hype that fight up. Like yeah. one of the previous, that I, saw, yeah. I was like, man, this is gonna be a crazy fight. You see, yeah. like Sakai throwing combos and like, come on, man. It slowed down. I always say with the heavyweight fights, it's either a fucking knockout early in the fight or it's gonna get boring just later on. Trying to like, yeah. just see these big boys throw <laughs> weight. You know what I mean? And, and like the last thing I'll say is like, maybe it's just me, but I just like I was watching that fight thinking like neither of these guys is gonna be champion. Yeah, like, even off is an old dude he's like super tough but like you're not gonna win a championship like that and no. Sakai's just like yeah he's skilled but there's like no it factor to him so mm-hmm. it's just like gonna be these guys that like hover around like the 15 to 5 and when you and care, compare him to like the top top of the division yeah. it's like it's it's not there you know yeah. they need to make that division a little thicker soon yeah. you know uh so next up well third fight on the main event was uh main card actually was gonna be Spike Carlisle versus uh Billy Quarantillo Billy, I'm not even too familiar with him before. I maybe seen one of his fights, but Alpha Ginger, he just came off that win last fight. Yeah. Uh, he had that knockout win over um, Elon Cruz or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly had Alpha Ginger winning just because I had like knew that he was like a he came out heavy in the first round, you know, like really good. 
but B- Billy Quarantillo, man, he did really good with like withstanding the pressure early on and then coming back and like putting the pressure on late in the second round to come back and kind of win that round and then scrap up the third round, you know, and like yeah. I thought I thought it played a real detriment to Alpha Ginger's game, his cardio, you know, like it fucked him up in the end of the day, you know. Yeah. It was it was like weird too cuz like Alpha Ginger like he he like I think like one thing that I that I did learn from that though is like obviously we knew that that guy was explosive and yeah. he almost got the finish in like the first minute, um, but like you said he like gassed out. But even when he was like gassed out and for most of the second for all of the second round and most of the third, he has like really good like wrestling skills. Like a lot of times like he was in the the better position and like where he was like he took the back or mm-hmm. like he was like but he was just too tired to like punch yeah like you could see he was gassed but he'd still make the right choices like sweep the arm out from under him or like get top position and when he could you know or yeah. like still throw a couple shots they'll be tired shots but he'll still throw them honestly they, were so, they had nothing to him <laughs> yeah. yeah and there was like times where he was like i don't i don't know i don't know if he mounted billy but there was times where he was like he had the top position and like Billy was clearly doing more damage to him from the bottom. And- yeah, dude, definitely. I was kind of like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. But this that gas thing, honestly, it really plays detriment to people, especially with him being probably just like a guy that's at that weight division. and He has a lot of muscle on him. Yeah, he's huge. So that always plays like a factor to people, too, I think. Billy Quarantillo, he kind of looked like Dominic Cruz. Honestly, when I seen him, I was yeah. like, this would look like Tall, Dominic. slender guy. Yeah, like little body shape, too, you know? <laughs> And then, uh, so after that was, or sorry, prior to that was Roosevelt Roberts versus Brock Weaver. Two guys that are coming off the Contender Series. Roosevelt Roberts is from San Bernardino. Um, I think he, like, fights out of Florida, too. And then Brock Weaver is not too familiar with him, honestly. But I'd seen some tweets about Roosevelt Roberts talking shit on Brock Weaver. Yeah. Calling him, like, a, um, a dog abuser, saying that he was, like, the Michael Vick of MMA. Yeah. But then Roosevelt Roberts, after the fight, ended up saying, like, that wasn't me on Twitter. You know, like, I don't even go on social media. Like, that's a fake account. Because they were talking shit in person. I don't know if you've seen the way in. Yeah, yeah, I saw them. They were, like, yeah. pushing each other. Yeah, exactly. So when I saw this fight line up, I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting fight. I even had Rose- Roosevelt Roberts winning because I knew that Brock would go out and kind of play a similar game plan to what he did in the past. You know, like yeah. that. Russell, you up against the cage and then just try to, like, land some heavy strikes and, like, get you down. But I knew that Roosevelt was, like, good enough on his feet. And, like, good enough with the takedown defense to, like, keep it together. And then, like, at the end, pull off the submission finish. I didn't expect the submission finish. I thought it was going to be a knockout, to be honest. What did you think of the fight overall? Yeah, like, I, I I got the sense that, like, Roosevelt was clearly the better, like, mixed martial, mixed martial artist. Where yeah. He had basically control of the entire fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first round, like, I think that Roosevelt was, like, trying to knock him out. So, he it was just, a, like, a, everything was, like, a stand-up. Yeah. And then in the second round, he's like, man, like, we got to just win this fight. And he took him down and kind of like passed and controlled him like fairly easily. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was clear that the, the better guy won on that one. I was definitely, I definitely agree with that too. Honestly, you could just tell um, his game or Brock Weaver's game, for example, needs a lot of improvement as far as like looking for other options because he kept going back to that <laughs> same option and it just wasn't working for him, you know? Yeah. Mackenzie Dern versus Hannah Cyphers. Hannah Cyphers is a little fucking honey badger. I heard him say that. <laughs> heard him make the comparison on the broadcast. I should have me dying, bro. And then Mackenzie Dern is a four-time, I think, Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. Yeah. Or she's—I just know she's a champion. Uh, but what do you think of this fight, bro? I'll let you start it off with this one as well. Yeah, like I mean, it, it's clear that like Mackenzie's Dern, like she's just gonna try to get the takedown and like just use her BJJ skills to like submit whoever she fights and mm-hmm. like. I think like over the the course of like her last few fights, it's like clear that she's getting a lot better um, with her striking and like mixing in like the 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 wrestling to to get him down to the ground. But I don't know, like for this fight, it was just weird because I when when Mackenzie took her down, Cyphers was like trying to strike and like land blows while like Mackenzie Dern was on her back wrapping her leg around, like getting yeah. a leg like 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 who like why are you trying to? put damage here like dude this girl is so good you have to worry more about the position yeah and like trying to get like get get yourself in a better position to like be able to throw punches or just get yourself out of there like it made no sense why like cyphers was even entertaining like the the grappling yeah um and like i mean in the end you saw like as soon as she got down to the ground like she wrapped up her leg and she got her with the. you're right honestly that was her downfall too like not getting out of that position that like really made her vulnerable at the moment you know like you're fighting someone that's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. Like, of course she had leg locks. I, I was actually, I don't know if you know, but it was the first leg lock in female MMA. 
history. Yeah. So it was like no one's ever really gotten like any kind of leg lock or knee bar or anything like that. She was the first one in history. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, But Hannah Cyphers, you could tell like once she got to the floor, like I don't know if it was uh, her being stupid kind of, you know, like or just like not. I think maybe she just didn't know the position, you know, or maybe she got like didn't know what the fuck to defend or I don't know. But you're in the MMA. You got to know that someone's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion and they're going to fucking pose a threat on the floor. So you have to be smarter. I think that was just a really dumb decision by her because she was winning on the feet, too. Yeah, she, she she was like clearly like well, maybe not clearly like the better striker, but she was getting the best of the the striking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it was like it was just weird to me when she like got her on the ground, like and Cyphers was trying to like throw ground and pound, like you know, no, don't do that, get out yeah. of there, like be fucking <laughs> smart, like don't don't do this. Yeah, going on to the fight that pretty much uh, main evented the prelims. It was going to be Caitlin Shikagian versus Anthony Shevchenko. Caitlin Shikagian just fought Valentina. In the past, got her fucking ass beat, TKO'd by Valentina, and then she ends up going to fight Antonina on the comeback, which is Valentina's sister. So you come back, you fight fucking the sister, and was she the underdog in this fight? I I think so, right? Yeah, I'm I'm actually not sure, but yeah, like I mean, it it was like your classic story, like oh she's trying to get revenge on her. Yeah, like she's gonna go after her baby sister right now. (laughs) (laughs) She really did though. Honestly, she put a fucking clinic on her sister. She took her down. And just started beating her ass. The later round, the third one, I thought that she kind of fucked up staying it on the feet, but but she did. I mean, she still landed some strikes on Antonina, and like Antonina, you sh- for sure she needs to fix up that ground game. You know, like she doesn't have the the strength that Valentina has as far as her floor. You know, because yeah, she has a different body type and a different kind of explosivity than Antonina has. You know, Antonina has that like long, slim body that like mm-hmm. doesn't give her much. Uh, like strength as far as like grappling goes she was a little bit lost right there what would you think of the fight overall bro yeah no like for sure it was just basically uh shikagian that clearly had like the better ground game and she took control of the entire fight um and yeah she dominated the first two rounds the exact same way you got to the third round and yeah like they were like the third round i thought that shikagian was just kind of like trying to test her like stand-up skills um and but ultimately she like got her down to the ground and it was the same thing um as like the first uh two rounds and how it, long do you think it'll take for Shikagi to get a title shot again because she's like still a top ranked contender you know yeah like i mean i honestly don't want to see that fight anytime soon because <laughs> when she fought against shevchenko like it was not even a close fight but also who fights against shevchenko and it's a close fight other than amanda nunez like Shevchenko is just so good. You would think that because her 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 sister is so good and they train together, yeah. and Shevchenko is literally like lethal everywhere. Yeah, you would think that like she would be able to like to work on her her ground game and like her grappling skills, but I guess Valentina took those days off. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real though, because the level that like Valentina has over everybody else in that division is kind of outstanding. You know, like you look at the next contender up is going to be probably Molly McCann. Molly McCann is really good, you know. She's good on the feet. Um, she's more of a wrestler, honestly. Not as good on the feet, but a fucking Valentina has that good takedown defense. So I feel like, for the most part, she's able to dictate wherever the fight is going to be. You know, like if yeah. it's going to be on the floor or if we're going to keep it stand up. Do you really want to keep it stand up with her? You know what I mean? Like we've seen her fucking Jessica I head kick. Jessica I head kick. She kicked Shikagian in the face. She pretty much slapped her with the bottom of her foot at one point. It was just like. She just puts on a striking clinic against most of the girls. So I'm like, fuck. Like, the champions in most of the divisions, too, have, like, such a, such a like, big leap, you know, to the, the contenders in a way. Like, Amanda Nunez, fucking goat. Like, everybody that's in her division, it's hard for them to, like, put a real battle, you know? Like, Felicia Spencer, I don't know, bro. I don't know about that one, honestly. That seems like a tough one for her. Yeah, I don't think that Felicia Spencer. I mean, I I hear like reports where like, oh yeah, Felicia Spencer put up a pretty good fight against Cyborg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what does a pretty good fight against Cyborg mean? That she doesn't punch knock you out in the first round and yeah. you get punched for three rounds. Like, yeah, honestly, she got beat up the whole time. Just she was able to take a shot. I think the biggest takeaway from that fight was she's able to take a shot and she's fucking like she has a chin and she can keep going, you know, and she keeps fighting. But as far as like a performance that she put out, she didn't put out much, you yeah. know. I think everybody wanted to take away something positive from Cyborg leaving, you know? Yeah. And they're being like, all right, fuck it. Well, next person up and shit. So uh, we'll skip on to the fight before the Caitlyn Shkagan fight. It was going to be Daniel Rodriguez versus Gabriel Green. Daniel Rodriguez was supposed to fight Kevin Holland, who fought on the card that was two weeks ago. 
but Kevin Holland got injured, pulled out, and then they found uh, Gabriel Green, I guess, like, really quickly for a replacement. I think they had actually, I guess, uh, Daniel Rodriguez had called him out in their L.A. scene beforehand, like, yeah. in their, like, amateur scene. Cowboys. Exactly. So he called him out. Um, overall, this fight, bro, I had Daniel Rodriguez winning just because I knew that he was a good striker. I'd never seen Gabriel Green before. But still, Gabriel Green, man, even to the end of the fight, he had a chin on him, and he was still th- trying to throw shots and trying to land heavy, too. Dude, that guy is super, super jacked. <laughs> yeah. Super jacked. So you would think that, like, after the first round, like, he would, like, start slowing down. Yeah. Oh, my God. In the second round, he was, like, going hard. Yeah, you know what? I'll give him credit for that. He, like, yeah. he kept the pace the whole way through for yeah, being so I, big. Yeah, I think it wasn't until, like, the third round where you, like, started seeing him fade. But that was also because, like, uh, Rodriguez is like striking is like really really clean like it's crisp. It's like it's smooth. Like it's mm-hmm. it's weird how he like lands on you. It's a lot of it is just like one twos. Yeah. Um. But like yeah, he like basically controlled the fight with like the jab and then like the twos and um green like throws these like they're not weird kicks like because they're like the 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 technique looks like really clean. But it, like the amount of kicks that he throws is like crazy. Yeah, but I honestly some of the head kicks that I thought it, like he threw, I thought landed, you know, and like yeah. it looked like he uh like Rodriguez was able to put the hand up and kind of block the kicks most of the time. But there was times where Gabriel Green rocked him, you know, and like yeah. I thought the fight overall was pretty back and forth. But of course, Rodriguez was landing the bigger strikes, cleaner on the distance, you know, and he just had like that street kind of like like mostly boxing based style, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to consider that that. Rodriguez was training already for 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 the fight, and yeah. Green took the fight when what was it like eight days notice or something like that? I believe so. Honestly, if not, maybe like two weeks max maximum, and I doubt that. Honestly, probably eight days. Yeah. So hopefully they give Green another shot, and like he he gets to like train and stuff. And um, yeah, I remember like I was I was pretty high on on Rodriguez after I think he fought Tim, Tim Means the fight before, and he like yeah. cleaned up Tim Means like nothing. Like yeah. again, like the one twos like super effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim Means was already hurt, and he dropped his neck, and he got him in a dar. So yeah, and uh, what's cool too is um, Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, he's pretty new into the UFC, and honestly, he's been making like a statement as far as being inside goes, and like taking another opponent on last like last minute is. It's scary, you know, for like a fucking fighter that's been preparing for someone else. Even though, even though they made that fight in a very short situation, I guess he probably didn't give a fuck. But Gabriel Greenbow for fighting, this is like his first time back since 2018. I heard him saying it on the oh, broadcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, so. he was injured, right? Yeah, he had a long injury. So that's a long time to be out, and then you come back in, and I mean, you perform pretty good, you know. Like he reminded me of a. Like, you know what's really cool, bro? I like how the UFC brings in people last minute, and I love when they perform. Like, you know, when they actually go out there and perform, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen last week, I think, um, or the week beforehand, it was Giga Chikarze. Giga is, like, a kickboxer kind of guy, and he fought this really short dude that was, like, more, like, quick and agile, but he put on a fucking performance. That that little guy was, like, on his shit, you know? He was on his wheel. I, I was, like, I really like when people come in and, like, still put up a war, you know? And, like, Gabriel Green, he shows some good signs, so hopefully they give him another shot. What? It's a welterweight? Oh, wow, they're 170. Yeah, they're both big guys for 170. Yeah, um, definitely, honestly. Yeah, hopefully Green comes back. They give him another fight. And I think, like, a good test for, for Rodriguez is you give him, like, somebody that has, like, a good wrestling stance. Because, I mean, in the last two fights, it's been nothing but striking. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's a he's a 10th Planet, Sam Planet guy. So he's, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he's an Eddie Bravo's uh, guy. So I'm sure his ground game is good, but a lot of it's also, like, the wrestling. So Yeah, that's a big part, too. It's, like, wrestling... Kind of overtakes jujitsu sometimes if they they're smart enough with not being vulnerable in certain positions, you know. Yeah. Um. The fight before that was someone that I've been really hyped on for oh, quite Jamal some time. Hill. Jamal Hill, yeah. Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. I seen him on the Contender Series, and then I kind of just started like going back to look at some of his other fights, and like I, he really caught me in his last fight, honestly. Against I think he fought Stokic, huh? He was or like something. that jacked European guy. Yeah. Like, little stubby, like he was like a short guy, but he was like completely. It was like a massive dude. Yeah, exactly, bro. And and Jamal Hill the whole time, like a really good kickboxer, keeping his range, um, using his kicks very well. And just like, I, he honestly impressed me really like big the first time, you know? So like this outing, I was like expecting a lot from him. And then for him to go out there and get a finish on a Breu pretty early into the fight, probably like a minute in or something like that. Yeah, It was it was really impressive. He used his knees a lot better. And like, I kind of like that every fight so far I've seen him, he gets a little bit better every single time. Yeah. You know, and I follow him on social media, too, so I see that he's working. He's not just, like, chilling, you know? So, like, shout-out Sweet Dreams Hill. 
see you out there doing your thing, bro. What'd you think of that performance? Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's as good as it can get, right? He, like, yeah. finished them early on. The one thing that does worry me about him is that, like, he does leave, like, his chin, like, super, super high and yeah. it's always open. But, I mean, like, maybe he can do that because he's, he's like, 6'4". He's super, super... He has, like, long limbs. So, he keeps distance really well. So, like, maybe that, like, he has full control of it. But, I mean, once you get to, like, the 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 tops of the or like the top 15 like those guys are all like lethal strikers like he is yeah. so i mean like hopefully he i mean he knows better than me on how to strike so yeah i mean and it's interesting <laughs> too to see some like fresh new blood into the light heavyweight division you know yeah. and like i don't know if you've seen today but john jones just, just tweeted like a couple hours ago he tweeted um i'm done he's like well i'm done with the ufc like dominic reyes versus Jan for the title next because i don't know if you heard about the whole yeah the, him and thing you know and like him being really upset with the ufc especially after last night yeah uh, dana said like you're pretty much lying bro yeah i mean i don't know why there was such like such a push for the Nganu and like uh john jones, jones fight. fight yeah like I, I thought it would be cool but like where did that kind of come up come up from i think it's like people just wanting to see john jones lose and like mm-hmm. obviously in is like the next big thing in the heavyweight division nobody like really has like a plan for either of those two guys and they're just kind of like yeah. oh match him up but like i mean like that fight would have been cool it would have been it would i don't think it's like this like huge money fight and um yeah i mean like the back and forth with like oh i i want 15 million like yeah no i asked for 30 like i don't know like leave the fan like it's cool to i guess kind of hope like it the one thing that i did take away is like these guys are at least making a few million dollars and like yeah, good good for God. the UFC, you know, like, like if you just look up their fight purses and like, sometimes you'll see like some guys getting paid like 30,000 for a fight. Like, come on, man. That you gotta, sucks, huh? You got to compensate those guys way better. Cause that's yeah. some bullshit right there. No, it really is. Honestly. And like only a few of the main fighters, like the main pay-per-view fighters or champions are the ones that are only getting millions, you know, like I haven't seen that uh cowboy when he fought fucking Connor, he only made like 300,000 or something like that. Yeah. And when you're fighting Connor, that's kind of like that's kind of crazy, you know, because Connor is making so much fucking money guaranteed, you know. But yeah. but it's always to they bring a big draw later on in the fight, you know. So 